Welcome back to Happyish Ever After. Today's guest is the wildly talented international gospel singer Anissa Fowler. I loved this conversation and I believe that it isn't a conversation that you would expect from a gospel singer. Anissa not only forged her own path in her career, but also forged her own relationship with the divine. She shares her wisdom on finding our true purpose and forgiveness and so much more. I do want to note that on the day that we were recording, Anissa was struggling with allergies and her voice was affected. I would encourage you to go to her website, which I've put in the show notes, so that you can hear the full beauty of her breathtaking voice. And now, on to the episode. Welcome back to Happyish Ever After. Today I have Anissa Fowler. I'm so excited to have you here. And it's going to be kind of interesting for people that know me because they're going to be like, how did you get a gospel singer on your (laughs) podcast? Like we met through an audio app, Anissa in her, she has a wonderful website, anissafowler.com. I'll put it in the show notes and it talks about how she's just really dedicated to the idea of making music that transforms lives. And, you know, in advance of this, I'd heard you sing. I'd heard you sing, you know, when we were in different rooms on Clubhouse, but I actually like pulled you up on Spotify and I'm going to put that in the show notes too. And you just have just the most beautiful, beautiful voice. And thank you. Your soul just pours out of it because the whole time I've known you, it's been your vibrancy. People can't see you right now, but you're wearing hot pink. And I feel like that's just the perfect match for who yeah. you are. You've got like the most beautiful smile, vibrant Aww, energy, love pouring out of you. <laughs> It's not at all, not at all. So welcome. I'm so glad and honored to have you here. Thank you so much, Tatiana. I'm really happy to be here on Happyish Ever After. I mean, I just think it's a beautiful platform, everything that you're doing to just kind of inspire and motivate and encourage people, give different perspectives. And I'm honored to be here with you. I really, I truly am. Oh, thank you. I wanted to give a space for voices that might not be always in the mainstream. Yeah. The fairy tale is not an inclusive story. It's about conformity to some a set established of norms. Yeah. And that's not what I'm about. I'm about the people, the real people, like real lives are not about conforming to what everybody says that you have to be. Yes. <laughs> You're living it. Yes. There is so much of that. And, you know, in the Christian world, there are so many spaces where they, you can feel like there's just rules and regulations and so many don'ts that you get caught up in that and forget to do because there are so many things that we have to do. And um, I think it's important wherever you kind of find yourself attached to, whether it be a religion or it be an ideology, whatever it is, that you never lose the core of who you are and what your purpose is. It is so important that wherever you find yourself attached, so to speak, that your assignment feels comfortable with that attachment, because otherwise then you're you're attached to something that is not going to help you be productive and to produce and to be who you're called to be. 
I think it's so important that we connect with that more than anything else. Yeah, I really agree with that. We've had a little pre-meet before this talking about the podcast, which I like to do. And one of the things that I really appreciated is you also, like, you know that you're grounded in your faith, but you are not judgmental or exclusionary of people with different beliefs. That was something that you just kept repeating. And I honored that. So it's in this conversation, we may be talking about God and about the Christian faith as because that of course relates to you as a gospel singer. Right. But this is meant for anybody. Yes. Who has a relationship with a greater being, whether it be universe, God, another name for God. Yeah. I think that it's important that when you stand in truth, that your truth, yes, it shines light, but it, it, people shouldn't feel um, less than. Wherever you shine your truth, it should not diminish someone else's being. It just shouldn't. Because then that truth is, it's condemning. It's, um, it's, it's aggressive and it shouldn't be. It really, really should be. And I, I think some, there's so many Christians and just Christianity and religion. It gets such a bad rep sometimes because people are just a bit harsh in how they execute it and how they live it out. And I believe that what I believe is truth, but I, I also believe that people have to live life to get to the place of understanding truth. I love that. And it's really about how often people are inflexible and that inflexibility leads to a lack of tolerance for other perspectives. When you said you and living your truth shouldn't diminish others, I thought that should be the golden rule. You know how people say the golden rule is do unto others as you would have done unto you. But you don't yeah. know that that's what they want. I've never liked that golden rule because that's not, Yeah, that doesn't always work. But the idea of you standing in your truth and being cognizant though, that standing in your truth should not diminish yeah. someone else. Now imagine if we all walked through life that way, all shone, yeah. all shone our brightest. Yeah. When I think about Jesus, who is like the ultimate personality, character, however you want to describe it, the, the, the reality of all of the Bible kind of centers around him. And he was consistently condemned for connecting with people who were deemed to be outcasts, mm. who were deemed to be, you know, unworthy of any kind of acknowledgement. But he was, he was intentional about that. He intentionally sat with the prostitutes and the poor and the sick and the needy. He intentionally was in places. He, he didn't even have his own house. Mm -hmm. He intentionally went from place to place, not worrying about necessarily what he had, but knowing that he was supposed to give. And that's really what this truth is. It's about giving. It's about sharing. It's not about crushing and decreasing people. It's about increasing the light so people can see themselves and become better. Oh, I love that. Can I ask one thing I didn't know is, do you write your own music? 
Yes, I do. So on the uh, this EP that I just released, it's called Anissa, the next chapter. We can talk about why it's called that. But I co-wrote most of the songs on there with my manager, Joshua Arnu. One song in particular, I Love the Lord. That song I completely wrote from beginning to end. Um, and it's just one of those kind of, when I think about everything that I've been through, every high, every low, there is a consistency of God's unconditional love. And I feel compelled to love him back. And that's really what the song is about. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I write my own songs. <laughs> I, I had to ask that because I feel like your message and your presence and your wisdom, I, I was listening to your like I I downloaded on Spotify and I was listening to you, but I was listening to it sort of in a meditative way. Ah, uh, yeah. And and maybe because I'm not Christian, I don't know. Like I'm now I'm sort of thinking, did I not listen intentionally to the words because I didn't think it would be for me, but I enjoyed the sound of your voice. Mm. So now I'm like, oh, now I want to go back and really listen to, to the words. words. <laughs> because I do know, like, it's, I, I recognize, I acknowledge that um, a structured religious institute, the institution of religion, more than the people of religion, has had a harmful effect in my life. Mm. So that I walked away because I didn't feel it was safe for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that internal belief system then that I don't reject God, but I do reject the institution. Yeah. You know, I, and I think it's so important to be honest about that because even for my own self, there is a phrase that we use and it's called church hurt mm -hmm. and it's real. You kind of, you, you sell yourself, you give yourself to a particular organization, to a particular set of beliefs. And really and truly, there are fallible people behind all of this, people that make mistakes, people that are human, just like us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the way that we are mishandled in the process of going through our personal traumas and the process of just trying to figure out what exactly is this place even trying to teach me? It, you, that mishandling can cause a lot of hurt. And the thing that I really like to talk about is there is a big difference between religion and relationship. Yeah. And it is so important that regardless of the religion that you attach yourself to, that when you have a relationship with the creator, there is an identity that you find in that that helps you to overcome the hurt of people in the religion. The relationship mm -hmm. keeps you solid. The relationship says that that was that was an incident or that was a period in time or that was a season, but that's not who he is. That's who they cho chose to be in that moment. In anything in life, there's so much forgiveness that we really have to give in order for us to truly heal. We have to forgive. I did um, a topic on my YouTube channel, Annie's Blue Couch, on forgiveness. I think I maybe did two or three lessons that I broke up on that. And I talk about the fact that when you don't forgive, when you don't release, it's your own prison that you're putting yourself in. And I had to really say, Anissa, it's not okay that the church hurt me. 
but I've got to let it go so that I can live, so that I can heal. Mm-hmm. And so that my relationship with the creator isn't sabotaged because of the religion with the people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a hard thing. I, yeah. I think for myself and going through my path of forgiveness, I found sometimes the person I need to forgive is myself. Yes. Forgive myself for holding on to the anger mm. or forgive myself for hanging on to the sadness Yeah, and for letting it. And I go, wow, I, I spent a lot of time on that. I'll be upset. Like, why didn't I just let that go? Yeah. And it's that it's okay. Yeah. I went through my process as I went through my process. It's not, so I can't go back and change it. Yeah. I can just forgive myself and say there was something that I had to learn. And it's for me to heal. Yes. It's not about somebody else anymore. Yeah. It has to be about me because somebody else can't give me anything that will heal me. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's also important to consider your purpose. I also like the word assignment. Your assignment. As you came out of your mother's womb, there was an assignment attached to you. And some of the hurt that we go through helps to kind of cultivate the character that we need to fulfill the assignment. And if we spend too much time in the hurt, we never get to the assignment. And the assignment attached to the assignment are people, Mm -hmm. people who need us to overcome what it is that we've been through so that we can shine a light and help them overcome what they're going through. If we can get through it and be better they can get through it. There's a hope that we provide when we get past the hurt. And that's not ignoring it, getting past it in terms of not doing anything, getting past it in terms of going through that process and being better on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I told you before we started recording how I haven't actually talked, I haven't talked at all on the podcast about me being a health coach. But if 10 years ago, when I weighed 100 pounds more than I do, and I was in despair, and I didn't know what to do, or where my life was going and and had chronic pain, I didn't know that that was supposed to be part of my journey. Right. Because I couldn't be where I am today helping women if I hadn't had that experience. If I didn't know I've been in those shoes, I've gone through the, all of the steps I've made the changes in my life, which are predominantly the things that you can't see that are inside me. Yes. I, I, that's not something I could learn from a book, right? The the compassion for myself and for others. That word, Tatiana. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Woo! That's a big one. It is. A big one. Yeah. And we need that to serve. Yep. Without compassion, you can't serve. And you can't see the end when you're in the middle. Yeah. You can't. Like I was, I was struggling so badly. Yeah. And then I look at where I couldn't even dream the life that I have today. I couldn't in my wildest dreams because it would have seemed so unattainable that it would throw me into a deeper pit of despair. I could only handle what I could handle 
in each step as I moved along. When you say your assignment, it kind of, it resonates with me. It's like, okay, you, we all have a purpose. Yes. We all have something in us. I don't know that everybody gets there though. We all have it within us, but whether, but it's when we talk about the work, you know, people say, oh, but have they done their work? You know, that inner, that healing of the wounds, the healing of the trauma, and then to be able to uncover what it is that our special gift that we were given and that only we alone can share with the world. Yeah. We have to be able to heal enough so that we can release that to the world. Yes. And I think every individual on the planet has it. Yes. But they have to do their work so that they can release it because otherwise we get really caught up in and we're going to fail along the way right yeah and we can get caught up in those failures and we can think oh everybody got a gift but me oh well everybody got better gifts than me oh everybody got everybody got more gifts i only got one she has 10 that's not fair she can do so much better because she has 10 i only have one. Oh boy and i know i know that one of the things that you say is that you are not your mistakes. Yes. Because to me, that really plays into that is that when we focus on where we've fallen down and we stop looking for our gifts inside. Yeah. I think it's so important to understand that um, identity does not come from a particular action per se. It's you are given the identity. You're born with it. It's there. You've got you've to dig deep and find that. And nothing that you do can take that away. And what happens when we fail, when we mess up, when we find ourselves in, in a little bit of a rut, and maybe the rut is going on for longer than we thought it should, then we start to, to kind of call that thing over us. So I've been you know, financially struggling for a long time, I'm going to identify myself as poor. No, you're not poor. You're in a season of financial trouble, but you are rich. Mm -hmm. You are rich. You have so much. And if you tap into the peace you have and the joy you have, the, the money will come. But if you sit and dwell and identify yourself as something negative, I'm poor, I'm broken, I don't have enough. There's not enough here for my need. Then that's what kind of cultivates and becomes the reality. And it's your mouth that's creating it. And we talked about this before, um, before starting this podcast, you know, that this idea of manifesting, it's, it's huge right now. And yeah. there's some aspects of it that I don't completely subscribe to, but there is a huge part of what you say, because the Bible tells me that life and death is in the power of my tongue. And the Bible tells me that God created the whole universe by saying, let there be. And then he created me in his image. So if I'm created in the image of the creator who did all of this by just speaking, That means I can create a universe in my life by just speaking. And if I speak insecurities and fear and anxiety, that's the world that I create around me. And then I live that out every day. 
I wake up and I say that every day, that is what happens. And that's a huge part of what this whole manifesting concept is. It's about it is. death being in the power of your tongue. Because you can, you can speak the death of a dream. Yes. You tell a child that they will never be something, that that's not meant for them, that they never could. And we know this. Yeah. How many generations of young women went to school and were told that science isn't for girls, right. math isn't for girls? Yeah. Oh, I wonder why 2% of, you know, engineers going into university were female. Like that's changing with this generation. Yeah. For yeah. sure it is. Yeah. But that's the power of the spoken word. Yes. When you say you aren't capable, you can't. Now there's a few of us that are a little feisty and <laughs> we have a few things to say about that. But that's yeah. where limiting beliefs come in. Yes. Because we're fighting it, but there's always the the voice that yeah. we heard the whole time that said, but you can't really do it. Right. It's too big. It's too big. Yeah. Oh, why do you want to be seen? Why yeah. do you want nobody wants to pay attention to you? Yeah. Keep small. Yeah. Smile. Look pretty. Yeah. yeah. You don't have what it takes yeah. to fulfill that dream. When yeah. you have to count, constantly counteract that. And how I deal with mistakes is understanding and recognizing that the mistake is just that. It's that period. When I talk about my EP being the next chapter, mistake means I get to turn the page. If I'm still alive, I do not have to identify myself as that mistake. I can mm -hmm. turn the page and be something completely different the next day. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to do that. We do. It's uncomfortable, but yeah. we do have that ability. That is a gift. Yes. It's a yes. gift. Yes. And it's interesting because science is totally on board with us too. Yeah. So your reticular activating system is a network of neurons that surround your brain that when you speak something and it reinforces because it tells your brain which is simply an operating system it's yeah. no big genius event that you know she's interested in seeing more of that it works just the same as the algorithm yes. on instagram and Facebook. yes i was just gonna say that that's like, it's like <laughs> everything is formatted into what is internally inside of us mm -hmm. and it's like if we can just will ourselves to speak well of ourselves Yes. Then we can live that well life in spite of not so well moments that take place in our lives. Mm -hmm. To see them as something that's, it's a moment. That's it. Turn the page. So how have you done all of this? I went onto your website just <laughs> beforehand and I was like, Woo! I am so glad I managed to get you on the podcast because you are booked. Like it's like day this, she's here, day that. And then you're like, I'm in Harlem tomorrow doing this. Scene. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, and you're doing and you do your uh your preaching, you do your guest speaking, you've got your YouTube, and I'm just like, wow. How did this how did this all come about? Oh my gosh. You know, I and this this is the other thing too. Wherever you have a vision, there will always be provision. And it's not just financially, but it's the mental capacity. It's the physical stamina, all of that. You, God will give that to you. 
when you kind of um, partner with that vision. Mm. And so people who look at me and say, what in the world? That I just, I, I look to God and I just say, thank you, God. Thank you. And some you went into a wilderness for seven days. <laughs> and I'm looking at you like, what in the world? There is no way, absolutely no way. And, and you can do that because you have the capacity to do that. And you can be, and, and it was, it's not easy. It was certainly a challenge, but you have the capacity to do that. You were able to will yourself to do that. You had the vision and God gave you the provision to execute that. And so mm, I look at that yeah. and I say, oh my God, there is no way, Tatiana, the next time you go into any wilderness, do not call me. I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Anissa, how many do you sleep? And that's because this is, this is what God has given me. Yeah. And um, I'm just, I, yes, I get tired sometimes. And sometimes we have to take a break. I think another gift that we have is rest. And we don't always take advantage of that gift. It's so important yeah. that we rest. So I, you know, I take my time to do that from time to time. But generally speaking, the, the vision kind of just drives me the assignment, the people, I can't not do what I'm doing. If I didn't do it, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be me. I understand that. I feel the same way about being outside in the trees. Just, (laughs) just. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, please don't. I don't want to be near a tree because it makes me itch. Okay. I love, I love the, the smell of the cedar because I live on the West coast of Canada and there's a particular, like I'm not hiking in deserts. I'm hiking in, it's actually a, some type of rainforest. I can't remember what kind, but we have Mm -hmm. like, we have cedar trees and the ferns and the smells of the fresh air. There's always like creeks or waterfalls and just the sounds of all of that and and even when like the sun is beating down on me i've got a 55 pound pack i just said to myself you know i'll go until i feel like not going and there was a creek and i thought oh i'm gonna take off i'm gonna take off my hiking boots i'm gonna take off my like super thick socks and stuff and i'm just gonna let my feet in this really crystal cold stream and I'm just going to sit here and have some lunch and I feel so connected and for me that is actually spirituality that is my connection to this planet who is our mother and I feel like I'm just a part of all of it when I'm when I'm there and the first couple of days I actually had these there were two ravens. Ravens usually travel in pairs, but I like to think that they were the same ravens that were just keeping an eye on me. Yeah. Because every morning I woke up and there were two ravens right there on the beach outside of my tent. And I just thought they're watching me. They're making sure that I'm on my way and that I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just, that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I think we all have paths to take like that. 
Yeah. And as you were describing that, and I'm thinking about how there are moments in life where we have to just kind of sit and take it in, just take it in, appreciate all of it. Understand that everything that we've been through, we've been through it for a reason. It's made us stronger. It's taught us a little bit more about ourselves. It's taught us how strong we are, how much tenacity we have, and um, really kind of adds some, I don't know, some, some strength, you know, to what it is that we're called to do to help to, and to also to validate what it is that we've called to do, what it is that we're called to do. Um, because I, when I, when I think about, you know, my life and going through a divorce and having a child pretty young out of wedlock in a church where this is, is you just can't do that. Mm. Sex before marriage is not a thing. You don't do it. And you certainly don't have kids and this is ungodly behavior. Um, and I and, and and going back to the whole idea of the difference between the religion and the relationship, because I understand that evil doesn't give life. Life only comes from God. So in the process of making a, a bad step or choosing a wrong thing to do, life was was birthed out of that. And I have to, I have to give God praise for the life and not worry about what the religion says about, you know, how horrible this is. And it isn't to validate bad behavior or wrong behavior, but it is to, to understand that in the midst of all of it, I get this grace to be a mom. I get this privilege. Mm -hmm. I get this blessing to be a mom. And so because I've gone through that, other women who have gone through that, my situation kind of gives me this validation to speak on that. And mm -hmm. a woman who's going through that is going to hear the encouragement a lot stronger from me having been through it than from somebody just saying, girl, you can do it. No, girl, you can do it. And I did it. Yeah. There's something that much more powerful, that much more strong about what it is that you're saying when you are, when you meet your assignment. And you also have, you have that big C word, compassion. Yes. You have that compassion because you were there. Yes. And I just think as you were speaking, I thought, now what if the golden rule really was you live your truth, but don't, don't allow that truth to in any way suppress or, or diminish somebody else. Then I think, okay, so you having a child out of wedlock, how did that suppress or diminish anybody else? Yeah. It didn't. Right. It didn't. So how can that not be okay? Yeah. How can that be anything but the love and beauty of the child that you brought into the world? Right. Right. And I had I really had to go through that. And I think there's so many things that we go through in life, especially as women, where we we get stamped a certain thing. And we really have to understand that no one has the authority to stamp you as anything. Yeah. They can try, but that stamp does not have to stick. You can be who you are supposed to be, regardless of what you've been through, who's hurt you, who's damaged you, who's possibly even destroyed some parts of you that you, you don't even know how, where, you can't even find it. You're still usable. 
You're still valuable. You still have purpose. If you are above ground, you have purpose. You've got to find that. And anytime someone attaches to you any kind of identity that's negative, that is contrary to where you know you're supposed to go, you reject it. That's it. Yeah. I've just done an episode on the untethered soul. And I feel like if you haven't read it, you need to read it. And it really, it goes into who are you? You are not the conditioning. You are not the stories that your family or your religion told you. Yeah. You are not even the thoughts you have because you are the observer of the thoughts that you have. Mm. And that was such a powerful shift for me to think of myself as not actually all these things that are flitting around within my own brain, all those thoughts that I'm taking to be fact or potential reality or failures or whatever, or things that I heard about other, you know, about other people or that other people have said about me. Those are, those are not facts. They're just, they're just thoughts. I am the observer who I am is simply the observer of those. And I have a choice Yes. to release. Yes, 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 yes. And we have to be intentional about those choices and always choose up. Always choose high. Always mm-hmm. choose positive. We choose anything else and we, be, we, we attach the wrong thing to us and it, it will it will set us off track. And it doesn't mean because there's so many people listening right now that know, know for a fact that they are in a place of being off track right now. Doesn't mean that you have to stay there. Yeah. The next choice that you make, you can be back on track. Yeah. And you're never broken. You're never broken. If you are the observer of the voices, they can say or be whatever. But you, the observer of all of that, you're never broken. You always have the choice. You always can go through the healing because you are a miracle. If you believe in God as creation or the universe and Big Bang Theory, then you, we all got to agree we're made out of stardust. Yeah. We are literally a miracle. I think too that about these thoughts that is so powerful because I think about this, I don't want to call, I, I don't even know what to call it, but there is a, an increase of depression and suicide that's yeah. happening in our world. It's an epidemic. It, it's an epidemic. That's a, that's a fantastic word. And I, and I think what's happening is when these thoughts come into our minds, we are identifying them as who we are. Yeah. And when we don't realize that we have the ability to push back the darkness. Yeah. And if we could not accept, because it's in your own head, how could it not be you? It's in your own head. Mm-hmm. But it's but the it, social conditioning. It's it, your society around you. It's all the television and movies and TikToks it, and yes. feeding it in that you're taking as truth subconsciously. Yeah. Yes. You aren't even aware, but once you become aware and it comes to your conscious mind, then you can do it. Then you got to start letting those other subconscious beliefs come to the surface so that you can challenge them. Yes. And, and so there's a scripture that says that God will bring back to your remembrance, 
in the time that you need it. When you just said that you have to bring up those uh, subconscious, yeah, yeah, the subconscious thing, bring it to the forefront and then counteract it with something else. If you don't take the time to put into you those counteracting things, when that moment comes, you have nothing in that well to pull out of. We have to be intentional about filling that tank of well thoughts and well beliefs and and positive self-talk so that when we have all the darkness coming in, that we have something to pull from. Yeah. Otherwise, you go to that tank and it's empty and that's why you pull the trigger. That's why the chaos happens. We've got to fill our other tank up. And we don't have to do it alone. We are social creatures. Our brains are hardwired for us to belong. It's why we have a drive to conform and fit in. And Brene Brown has actually said that fitting in is the opposite of belonging. So what we really need, I know she's so powerful. So the actual like needing to belong, we are hardwired to do that because we need to be safe. We know that safety is in community and it goes back to when we're living in caves. We all got to stay in the cave together so we can keep safe together, right? But we're still hardwired that way. We still need, we're herd animals. And so we also have to be really careful about who we bring into that inner circle if they are drawing from the well continually or if they're putting back into the well. And I got to say, I know that there was a period in my life when I was so lost that I was probably a lot more of a drawer and I wasn't putting back enough. Mm. I feel like it's my life mission at this point to help fill other people's wells because I see how much we pull down from them. And I just want to see everybody have a full well. Yes. And I know that at one point in my life, I wasn't somebody who went around filling my friends' wells Yeah, because I... I was so lost. I, it was like I needed all the, I was in, sucking it in, needing it. We can be so lost that we ourselves take our own positive well and empty it out. Yeah. We have to be so careful of the self-sabotage based on what we speak over our own lives and what we allow to stick as a belief for ourselves. Yeah. I see this all the time with the women that I work with who believe that they need to be hard on themselves to achieve something. Wow. Instead of to love on themselves, they say, oh, I don't have enough discipline to stick to a healthy eating, or I don't have the willpower. And I'm like, it's, it's not that it's, it's systems. It's that you have to work with your body instead of against it. But there's so much recrimination and self blame and self loathing. Mm. It's a tough one. Yes. Yes. I have so enjoyed this conversation, Anissa. Yes. You are just, you're such a well of wisdom. Oh, <laughs> I tell you, I, I really have to, and I know everyone, you know, that's listening isn't necessarily tapped into that kind of a Christian sense of believing, but I really have to give the credit to God. For me, I really do believe that he's just poured his wisdom into me. Mm. And I I really make it, the thing that I do between testimony and testifying, right? This is what I've been through. 
and this is how I got through it, and this is who I give the praise to. All of those things kind of cultivate this positive love and sharing. And I really, I when I enter a room, if I if I don't speak, I want my smile to <laughs> give some light into that room uh, because sometimes that's all people just need a smile. Yeah, you don't have to say anything. You can smile at someone. I don't know if you've ever done it where. You, you're in the supermarket with someone and they look so like, <laughs> and you just smile at them. And all of a sudden you see a different person. It's like they became somebody brand new just yeah. because you smiled. And I think that, that it, it is so important for us to do that and to share that and to just be kind to ourselves and to each other and help each other up, give grace. We all need yeah. grace and we've got to extend that grace for growth in other people. We have to. Yes. Perfect ending. (laughs) If we can extend grace. Yes, 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 yes. And I hope that everybody, for those of you know, that are listening, that enjoy gospel music or just want music that's a little, you know, something to just encourage you, to inspire you, to just think better, live better, be better, head over to anywhere you get your digital music and just type in Anissa, the next chapter. And I welcome you into your next chapter by just kind of indulging in the music. Yeah, I will definitely put the Spotify link in. I don't have an Apple music subscription, so I'm not sure if I can, but I'll also put your website okay, perfect. in there. Yeah. And I know that has all the contact information yeah. if anybody wants you to come yeah. to speak to preach, to sing. And it also has a list of your events of which there are many (laughs) when people can get to see you live. Oh, that's going to be, that's going to be on my bucket list to get to see you sing live. Yes. Anyone in the New York area that's listening October 7th, I'm going to be in Queens. So check out the website, check out my Instagram, get the details and meet me there. Didn't you spend a month in Italy singing? I did. That was right okay. before the pandemic. I was so excited about that. And I think we all, all came back with COVID on that plane, but we didn't know it. But I had an amazing time. I spent the December. I had Christmas in Italy. Christmas is my birthday. My first Christmas away from my babies. But it was so exciting. Um, it was a gospel concert tour. I was able to lead some songs. I was in the papers. I was on front street. <laughs> I tell you, see, if you can go to Italy, you can come to Canada. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. One day I will be there. So that that was a that was a great time. And then everything kind of shut down. Things are now starting to pick back up again. So definitely looking forward to some more tours like that in the near future for sure. Wonderful. And we all look forward to hearing more of you. Yes. Thank you so much, Tatiana. And can I just say your voice is absolutely your speaking voice. There's such a soothing, calming kind of a Woosa to your voice. <laughs> you Thank awesome you. Job. Awesome, awesome job. Oh, my singing voice sounds like nails on a chalkboard, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's Can't so hold a tune at all. <laughs> that is too funny. Oh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much.
And now for the recap. Anissa not only has a powerful voice, she also carries powerful messages. And here are a few of the gems that she shared with us. She distinguished the difference between the religion and the relationship. Our relationship with God or the divine or the universe or with our spiritual beliefs should not be harmed by our religion. And it is important to remember that the religion and relationship are not the same thing. The religion is full of people who are fallible, and as a result, sometimes it can result in unhealthy actions. Anissa spoke of church hurt, how an individual can be hurt by the institution, and it's important to separate the institution from the relationship with the divine. Anissa also spoke about how she feels completely loved by the divine, and how in turn she feels compelled to love back. That love spills over into all elements of her life, and it shines out of her. Makes me wonder... If we all felt loved, regardless of our spiritual or religious beliefs, if we all felt completely loved, flaws and all, how would that change the world? Another thing she spoke about was being born with an assignment or purpose, how we are all born with a purpose that only we can fulfill, but also how life happens and hurt has happened. And in order to achieve our purpose, to complete our assignment, we need to heal the hurts. In fact, The hurts can open us up in a way that makes us more able to relate and help others heal. The pains we go through can help us to achieve our assignment as opposed to stop our assignment from happening. But it all depends on us going in to heal so that then we can take it to the next stage. And finally, Anissa spoke of the well, filling our well. We need to keep the well full. We can do that for ourselves, but we also need to be careful who we bring into our lives because we need to fill the well. And when we aren't able to do it ourselves, we need others around us who can help. When the well is dry, we have nothing left to help us through the rough times, but it also means we have nothing to draw from to help those around us. I know the truth of this because for many years, my well was very, very low. And maybe on some days it was even dry. Those were dark years of pain and struggle. I had to learn how to fill my own well and also the importance of community to help me fill my well when I was unable to. And with that, I'm signing off and sending you much love for the week ahead. Take care, my sweet friends.